Nearly a year since a mistake was made in transferring nuclear waste, the removal of spent fuel has resumed at the San Onofre Nuclear Generating Station in Camp Pendleton. The waste is safely contained, but it has no final resting place. Due to opposing views among scientists, industry leaders, politicians, and residents, the stalemate over where to put nuclear waste persists. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Rob Nikoleski, you cover energy for the Union Tribune, and you had a story over the weekend that really encapsulated the problems going on at San Onofre. Let's step back and look at it from a bigger perspective. Why did it stop generating nuclear energy in the first place? Well, the, they had a steam generator problem back in, I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had to shut the plant down, and now the plant's going through decommissioning, and that's why it's no longer producing in nuclear or electricity, I should say. So now all the fuel there has to go someplace else, right? Yeah, just like every other. And that's one thing that I, I really wanted to emphasize with the story. The story's kind of almost like an educational piece because as an energy writer, whenever I write about San Onofre, a lot of people say uh, – they come up to me and they say that they've got concerns about the nuclear waste, as everyone would have, mm-hmm. or spent fuel. Nuclear waste and spent fuel are used One inter- sounds scary it, and the other, but the same yes, thing, right? exactly. They're used interchangeably. And people are, are concerned about that being on the beach. And one of the things I try to explain in the story is that San Onofre is not unique in the sense that every nuclear power plant, whether it's producing electricity or being decommissioned – has spent fuel, nuclear waste, on its premises. And the reason why is because the federal government has not come up as a depository to spend that or, or to send that spent fuel. So it's not just our problem. It's a national problem of not having a solution to how to handle with these nuclear power plants. Right. And also, it's not unusual for a nuclear power plant or or a decommissioned plant to be right next to the ocean. There's mm-hmm. Diablo Canyon up in Northern California or Central Coast. That's right on the ocean. There's a there's a power plant, a nuclear power plant in Cape Cod. So it's, it's not unusual in that sense. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of solutions that people have suggested mm-hmm. to take the spent nuclear fuel and put it someplace else. One of the recurring themes is Yucca Mountain. When do you mm-hmm. explain that solution? Well, the federal government has a responsibility. It's in... The, the, the law of the land that the federal government has to take this spent fuel, mm-hmm. um, this nuclear waste. Uh, back in 1987, the federal government decided we're going to put it at Yucca Mountain in Nevada. It's about 100 miles from Las Vegas. Um, it, with fits and starts, it pretty much got built. The federal government spent about 15, at least $15 billion to build this thing. It was just about on the threshold of opening. But Harry Reid, who was then the senator from Nevada, became the Senate Majority Leader. Together with the Obama administration, long story short, they decided to uh, take another look at it, and they cut funding. And so Yucca Mountain has not, has not ever opened. Now they're talking about reopening it in Congress. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a cloudy uh, situation because every, all the uh, members of Congress from Nevada, of course, don't want it there. So it's hard to say whether or not that'll ever open up. And even if they did, it would take years to go through all the regulatory processes. So are there any short-term solutions for dealing with this? Because now they're just still moving it out, right? Yeah, it's well, right now the spent fuel staying at San Onofre and everywhere else mm-hmm. across the country. There's something that's called consolidated interim storage that people have been talking about. And 
One of the attractive things about consolidated interim storage is that a lot of the people who are proponents for it say, well, to avoid the problem we've had with Yucca Mountain with all this resistance in Nevada, under consolidated interim storage, we would have consent from the local government, from the state government to say, okay, we will take this nuclear waste on a, quote, interim basis. Now, the, the, the sticking point for that has been how interim is interim. And, and there have been a couple of sites mentioned, one in southeastern New Mexico, one in west Texas. Mm-hmm. The, south, the one in, in New Mexico has run into problems because the current governor is against it. The one in Texas, we're not sure if that's going to happen. There doesn't seem to be any specific red flags yet. But one of the general problems with interim storage is, okay, let's say, let's say for the sake of argument that, that, that West Texas said, okay, yeah, we want to take this spent fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Texas, the Texas governor, local government said, okay, well, let's go ahead and do it. One possible problem is that they run the risk since there's no permanent repository like Yucca Mountain or any other permanent place, you might say that you signed up to take the fuel for 20, 30 years. But you're probably going to have it forever. Exactly. There's no guarantee that the government might come back and say, you know, or Congress might come mm-hmm. back and say, you know, we, we kind of like this spent fuel. It's it's safe in, in West Texas. And you're like, wait a minute. We didn't sign up for a permanent. Mm-hmm. And that that's the risk. And also there are some other plans that possibly bury this deep underground. Why don't you explain how that would work? Yeah, I didn't even know this until a few weeks ago. I was talking to a a, a retired nuclear uh, official, and he said there's there's a company in Berkeley, California, that wants to take some of the drilling techniques and the drilling technology that we've seen in the oil and gas industry in the last 30 years and send it send nuclear waste potentially deep, I'm talking one to two miles deep into the earth, into the ground, put it there, and you would have these drill holes that would be relatively narrow, and then they would turn horizontally, and you would put... It's like a giant fish hook. Exactly. And you would put the canisters into this horizontal place. You would seal it and then take and then and leave it there and if for any reason you needed to take it out you would just use the wires that lowered it you would reattach them and put them back up and uh, I talked to the CEO of the company she talked me talked to me about this it's a brand new company they just opened last year for business um, but it's easy to think that a lot of I think a lot of environmentalists would be against putting spent fuel down underneath. Now, they say we're not using fracking technology. Mm-hmm. It's not going to ha- uh, harm groundwater. But I, like I said, it's easier to think, easy to think that there's going to be some opposition to that. And when it comes to nuclear energy, it seems we have this additional fear about it mm-hmm. that makes these kind of long-term solutions difficult to obtain right. because unlike electricity, it just seems more, I don't know, magical in a sense. Right. And possibly apocalyptic, you know, yeah. and, and you talk to some people and you talk to them long enough and you, you get really scared about this stuff. And you talk to people in the nuclear industry and they say, we've been able to transport this stuff safely for years and years, for example, uh, uh, with, uh, with weapons grade nuclear fuel. So, but as someone who doesn't have a dog in this fight, you're not really sure which side to lean to. But I think Everyone, even if you are a, a nuclear supporter and someone who's comfortable with nuclear energy, you would not want 
a spent nuclear fuel site in your own backyard, all, all things being equal, because it runs some risk. Yeah, and like even putting it in a very rural space could potentially create environmental impacts. So that's always a looming threat. Right. And the general thought and has been for decades now uh, that the best place to put spent fuel, nuclear waste, is underground. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where we've been looking at. And, and, and that's why so many of these uh, options that all have pluses and minuses, they almost all have one thing in common. Almost all of them are talking about putting it somewhere underground in relatively less populated areas. Mm-hmm. So are there any other solutions out there? Well, specific to San Onofre, there's been some people who have talked about moving the waste from the beach because it's only about 100 feet from the beach behind mm-hmm. a 28-foot seawall, moving it to a higher location within Camp Pendleton, about 28, uh, about five miles from, uh, from the current location up to a higher area. That way, uh, the thinking goes, it's away from uh, the ocean, and if we have rising sea levels, that's in a safer or spot. Or a tsunami or something. Exactly. That, that, that is a safer spot. The problem there is the, the plant is located on U.S. Navy territory, mm-hmm. and the U.S. Navy has expressed no interest in moving the spent fuel. They said that the NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, says the fuel is safe where it's at, and they don't have any interest in moving the waste to a higher location. So what happens if nothing happens with this problem? That's a really good question. And I mentioned that in the story, that it's not a flippant question because we've had decades and decades of inaction. Um, Southern California Edison, the operators of the plant, say they say that the waste is safely stored. But the same in the same breath, they say this our location, as well as every other nuclear reactor location, was not meant as a posit- as a permanent repository. Mm-hmm. So and they say that. If the canisters have to stay there for decades, up to 60 years, that it's, that it's safe. But a number of the activist groups are not nearly as confident because Southern California Edison recently has had run into some problems. We had uh, when they were trying to move uh, spent fuel to a dry storage location back in August of last year. It was left in a 50-ton canister on an inner ring. You know, nothing happened. No one was hurt. But still, it, it, it makes a lot of people take pause to think that, okay, if this fuel is going to be here for a long, long time, that doesn't make us feel very uh, safe. But at this point, I think, it's, I think a responsible journalist would have to ask that question. What mm-hmm. happens if this stays for decades and decades? Because we haven't made any progress since 1987. Yeah, it's, it's insane how long it's been. And generally, how long does it take for this spent fuel to no longer be dangerous, or is it always dangerous? It's dangerous for tens of thousands of years, and in Mm -hmm. some cases, millions of years. So this is a problem that will – the potential problem is there for a long, long time, eons almost. All right. Robin Nikolaski, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. In other business news, San Diego County's home price has hit a new high, $590,000. This comes amid a cool down in the market with only 3,600 homes sold in June, which is the lowest for that month in eight years. 
According to an analyst from CoreLogic, the market suggests that many buyers are priced out and may be worried about buying near a price peak. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. You can also listen to Hot Lava, our Padres podcast. Union Tribune sports editor Jay Posner and baseball beat writer Kevin Acey talk about the team's ups and downs, comings and goings. Look for it on your podcast app or go to uniontrib.com slash hotlava. Until next time.